Glad to have you back. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Lord of the Storm. I'm Dan Parr, and today we are reading from Romans chapter 2. You can turn there now in your Bible. My reading, as always, is from my easy-to-understand-and-read EUR audio Bible that is available by searching Dan Parr on Amazon.com. Perfect to listen to as you go about your daily routine and keep you in the Word. Today, it's one of the world's favorite Bible topics, judging. Who can judge? Who should judge? How do we judge? Should we judge? Are we judged? How are they judged? Paul sets it straight for us and throws in some info about the coming judgment. Can we avoid it? How? Let's ask God to bless the reading of his word today. Father, as we read through this chapter today, it's you we want to hear from, Lord. Help us to discern your voice and be receptive to what you say. Speak to us, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 2. So then, you are without excuse, you who judge others, because when you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge do the same things those you are judging do. We know that God's judgment is based on truth against those who do such things. When you judge those who do such things and you do the same, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, self-control, and patience, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But according to your hard and unapologetic heart, you are storing up for yourself anger on the day of wrath, when the righteous judgment of God will be revealed. As it says in Psalms and Proverbs, God will pay back to everyone according to their works. That will be eternal life to those who, by perseverance in doing good, seek glory, honor, and blamelessness. But to those who are self-seeking and don't obey the truth and are unrighteous, there will be wrath, anger oppression, and suffering on every person who does evil, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace for those who do good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no favoritism with God. Whoever has sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and whoever has sinned under the law will be judged by the law. It isn't those who hear the law who are righteous before God, but it's those who follow the law that will be justified. When Gentiles who don't have the law do the things of the law just by nature, they are a law to themselves, even though they don't have the law. They show the work of the law is written on their hearts, and their own conscience testifies, and their thoughts will either justify or convict them. This will be on the day when God, through Jesus, will judge the secrets of men, according to the good news message that I proclaim. If you are a Jew who thinks you can rest on the law, boast in God, know his will, and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law? And if you are confident that you yourself are a guide for the blind and a light to those who are in darkness, and are one who corrects the foolish, are a teacher of the unlearned, and have in the law the form of knowledge and of truth, then you who teach others, don't you teach yourself? You who preach that a man shouldn't steal, do you steal? You who say that a man shouldn't commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who detest idols, do you rob temples? You who glory in the law, do you dishonor God by disobeying the law? The prophets Isaiah and Ezekiel both have written, The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision is beneficial if you follow the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision is like you are not even circumcised. If then the uncircumcised keep the requirements of the law, Won't his uncircumcision be accounted as circumcision? And then won't the uncircumcised, who by nature fulfills the law in this way, judge you who have the written law and circumcision, yet are one who breaks the law? 
For it is not what is on the outside that makes a person a Jew, and it's not the actual flesh circumcision, but it is what is on the inside that makes them a Jew. It is a circumcision of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter of the law, that receives praise from God, not from men. Are you feeling judged yet? It's a relatively short chapter, but Paul packs a couple of punches in it. Judgment is such a huge topic in the world. Everyone is quick to tell us not to judge them, and we don't want anyone judging us either. Does it seem we throw out that phrase anytime we're dealing with something that we're doing and we know we shouldn't be doing it? It doesn't even have to be sin. It could be at the step right before sin that we tell others not to judge us. What I mean is, for example, a married man who starts spending time with a woman who is not his wife. That's not sinful, but it's usually the step right before sin. If I see my friend, we'll call him Fred. I don't know any Freds right now, so that should be a safe name to use. If I notice Fred is spending time with another woman who is not his wife, and I say to him, Fred, looks like you're heading for trouble. Am I judging him? Maybe. It all depends on the intent of my heart. If I'm saying it to condemn his actions, then yes, I'm judging him. But if I'm saying it in love because I'm truly concerned about him, his marriage, how it's going to affect his family and the rest of his life, then I'm doing it not out of a place of condemnation, but concern. It's going to depend on what the intention is behind the remark. Or if Fred notices that I'm drinking a little more than I should. I don't drink, but if I did, and he says to me, kind of hitting it hard these days, aren't you, Dan? If he is saying that because he is concerned about my health, the impact my drinking is going to have on my life, the consequences of overconsumption, then he's not doing it from a place of judgment. Now, if he says it in an attempt to belittle me or to shame me, then we're probably going to get into an argument about how it's none of his business. The point I'm trying to make is that just because someone calls out our behavior to us, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're judging us. Likewise, when we approach someone in love about something we're seeing, we're not casting judgment on them. We're trying to convey our concern and we're attempting to shed light on an area that is bad for them. Now, a verse that a lot of people like to use about judging is from Matthew 7.1. Don't judge so you won't be judged. But that is talking about people who are non-believers. We're not supposed to judge them. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, we're told, For what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. It's pretty clear there that God will take care of those who are not believers. But as for people who are, then we do have the responsibility to raise our concerns. But I would say we do it with the right intentions because all of us have sinned. And like Paul says in this chapter, we may be guilty of doing the same things they are doing and we should watch ourselves because with the measure we use, we will also be measured with. Let's pray. Father, your word has much to say about judging and being judged, and we know that it calls for wisdom. Give us the wisdom to know when to speak and to whom we should speak to. Thank you that you provide clarity and insight. Help us to always operate through the leading of the Holy Spirit that the right things would be done. Continue to lead, guide, direct, and bless our lives, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. That is going to do it for today, but be sure to tune in tomorrow as we talk about the benefits of being Jewish and what it means for us Gentile believers. Maybe we'll stir up some controversy, you know, just for fun. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. God bless.